0: On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about stealing the lunch money from them Cowboys. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack.
1: Jones is going to reach and get it. It's fourth of the game to tie a Packer franchise record.
0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Aaron Jones has no breaks. Thanks, Dak, for making all those mistakes. Still got some LaFleur headaches. Smith once again causing earthquakes. Hey, pack fans on social. You gots to believe for beep sakes. Pack it up. Packers podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah what up who saw that coming oh, uh, not i everybody on this podcast but we weren't recording at the time so this is ryan joined as always by josh and dan hello gents how are we doing food welcome back we had we had talked about last episode if we were to drink the Packers Kool-Aid, what would have had to have gone right? What did go right? Because we are now 4-1 with ginormous wins in the NFC North and the Dallas Cowboys, who by all standards should probably win their division as well. What was the biggest takeaway from today's game? Josh, you want to start with offense or defense? Cause I'm shocked by both,
2: but defense, maybe I was a little more accurate.
1: Yeah. Let, let's start with our defense. Uh, my, my, my biggest takeaway from the game is Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. I mean, uh, oh, Dan, Dan, uh, Dan called it like, let's have Dak win the game for the Cowboys. And guess what? He couldn't
2: pay that man. 40 million. I will just laugh to my grave. So, so I said if he threw 35 times, that we should be in great shape. I said we should be in the game if he threw 35 times because it means they weren't giving the ball to Zeke as much. I thought it would mean Zeke wasn't having much success, therefore Dak had to throw. No, Zeke was having a fine game. He only had 11 carries, but 5.2 yards per carry. Why the Dallas offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, wasn't running more, even after you get down 14 nothing, you're having success running the ball, keep running. Dak threw it 44 times and he was our savior outside of the guy on offense that we'll talk about a little bit. Dak was our savior. He's terrible. He's garbage. And he has one of the best receivers in the NFL in Amari Cooper, who showed his worth today against Jair, who I don't think had a bad game. Amari balled out.
1: Yeah, Jair, he didn't have a bad game. Uh, They just threw a lot to Cooper in his direction. I mean, he still he still had a, what what? How many past breakups did he have? I mean, he still was there a lot. Um, he still ended up with the interception. So when given the opportunity, you know, yeah, he was out of position, but hey, the ball's here. I caught it. I got an interception. You know, even when he makes a bad play, he comes up with the ball. So he, he yeah. still had a solid game for us.
0: Jair officially led the team with three pass deflections. Right, um, and, Kevin and then King obviously had the the interception.
2: So. And Amari had a lot of his uh, the receptions that gained the most yards. I'll say this without going back and, and documenting all of this, uh, but it, I'm I'm sure it's a fact because I'm saying it. So I'm speaking it <laughs> into existence. Uh, Amari's yard gaining receptions were on double moves. And I think there was an early one. It was the bottom of the screen on TV. Uh, So sort of the near side of the field where he made a quick out route after being in motion and Jair went to jump it and you could see Dak do the little shoulder pump fake. And I just started holding my breath instantly. I'm like, Amari is wide open. But perfectly enough, you know, stuck to script. He underthrew it a little bit, and then Amari trips a little, you know, trying to be a hot, hot shot with the ball like three feet off his chest, where Jair almost forced a fumble. That should have been a touchdown, that, whatever it was, a 80-yard, you know, possible reception. Uh, he could have done more damage against us. Uh, I think they exposed that Jair likes to jump that that quick first move, especially mm-hmm. especially on the slant and out um so there's some work to be done there but like i said i think jair still had a great game but amari showed that he is definitely one of the elite wide receivers he just needs someone to get it to him better
1: yeah and how how about uh, sullivan and redman having games of their lives you know Yo, Sull- oh, sullivan yeah, coming up with yeah sullivan coming up with a, yeah, oh, up with a pick uh, he was Great coverage all, all game pretty much. And then Redmond coming in huge on special teams and coming in and playing safety uh, with coming up with nine solo tackles, the most on the team for the day. I mean, who would have guessed Will Redmond?
0: Yeah, it's it's never good when you when you text people on special teams play of, yo, did you see Redmond come in to make <laughs> that tackle? Because <laughs> like, I believe after that first kick by Crosby, where Crosby again had to be the tackler. I'm pretty sure Crosby is the leading tackler in special teams, and somehow we figured <laughs> things out for the second half. But it's just like I, I, I'll be honest with you, and I think whether you guys want to admit it or not, I'll be the one that steps on the ledge. When uh, Sullivan made that interception, it took me a good minute to figure out who he was and I was like man I feel like I've heard that name and I was like uh it it was it wasn't like you're watching the game you're like boom 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 he made an interception and somebody's like who is that and I go oh, he's running he's still running i it was a struggle it was a struggle but we'll get to it in a second it, it goes back to similar to last year that Ben but don't break but we're getting a lot more breaks uh in terms of interceptions sacks and all that so yeah
2: the Chandon Sullivan play, I'll start with I know I knew who he was because high 30s and it's not Josh Jackson, it's Chandon Sullivan. But uh, that was a zone read that Dak thought was man-to-man. So as soon as Dak threw mm-hmm. the ball, I remember thinking, what is he doing? Dak, not Chandon. And then Chandon made a super athletic play to go get that. But as I'm tooting my own horn for knowing who a guy was, Uh, I'm also taking all deliveries of Crow to my new apartment in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'll send you the address if you send me a message.
0: Spread the love around this podcast, spread it. (laughs) I,
2: I said Redmond hadn't been doing his job, that he was he was below average. Once Savage went down, I thought they were going to expose him. This guy not just making plays on special team, which, like you said, Ryan, when you're exchanging texts about a guy making a tackle on special teams, his career trajectory might not be exactly what he's hoping for. But <laughs> he steps in, makes nine solo tackles, had a hell of a game. That's uh, instance number one in which the the listeners can send me crow. There's a couple more coming, though. <laughs> I was not accurate
0: in my predictions this week. The Green Bay defense was so roasted after that Eagles game that if you read any single tweet, if you went on Instagram, if you if you went into the social world, you would have thought the Green Bay Packers, even though they went 3 and 1 for the first quarter of that season, were dead. The defense was a joke it was a fluke how do we how do we believe that they were the team that we thought they could be and yes they gave up 24 points but they did the job that they needed to do um where we talked about Redmond having nine tackles. Martinez was in there. King was a beast in terms of six tackles and, and, and pass deflections. So Darius Smith legitimately playing on one leg, which worries the hell out of me mm-hmm. still had the two sacks still had four QB hits. He was a player the entire game, this defense, it, it wasn't perfect, but you know what? If you would have told me this Dallas offense would have 122 yards rushing and Mr. Dak Prescott would have three interceptions. It would have been taken in a heartbeat.
1: You know, the Smith brothers, just the whole first half going into halftime, 17 to nothing, you know, that was huge. That put the ball in Dak's hands. If that didn't happen, you know, they were running all over us. They, I mean, they, they're, they still average 5.8 per carry, I believe. I mean, I mean, I don't know why they didn't run more. I get that they were down seventeen to nothing, but I mean, in in this today's NFL, that's nothing. So I, I I just didn't understand what they were doing.
2: Yeah, let's just uh, you know, I'm I'm ecstatic we got this win. I think it it might be season trajectory altering in my mind for what the Packers could do. I, you know, national media had the Cowboys as the the love child and the the Super Bowl contender or dark horse maybe. Um, So this win is huge, but I don't want to look past the the weaknesses on the defense still, which was Mm -hmm. the run game. I think we have to thank Kellen Moore, again, for not running it more. And it was part of the the game script as you go down quickly. Supposedly, you're not going to run the ball as much, but this is what the Cowboys are built off of. And you saw them on their first two plays. They ran play action, and the receivers were wide open because our guys were queued up on the run. So I'm still not impressed with the defensive line. I didn't see much out of Lowry, Clark, or Lancaster, and I will continue to throw Clark in there. Or I guess Montrevious Adams was in this week too, so we didn't Mm – We didn't hear their names called at all. Maybe I don't remember a play at all. I remember Lowry trying to make a tackle and Zeke, you know, falling forward for five more yards and a touchdown on him. But then the pass rush too, while it was great, it's heavily dependent on the Smith brothers. When one goes down, that pass rush sure does slow down quite a bit. And I I obviously have my season-long bet on Rayshon Gary, and he wasn't able to get much pressure except for a slap on the forehead, which somehow was roughing the passer. Fackrell did have one rush, uh, but without the Smith brothers, there's not much there, too. So I'm grateful for the win, but I'm also hoping we don't see the Cowboys again later.
1: Agreed.
0: (laughs) Good. I will say, uh, I said it three separate times in the bar watching the game, Kellen Moore has one of the most punchable faces in the NFL. I (laughs) cannot stand seeing his face on the television screen. And so it's an interesting point because you were yelling, you know, you were thinking, Elliott should have ran more. So the fact that he only had 12 carries is very, very surprising. But the other thing I think is interesting is Cooper, Gallup, Cobb, and Elliott had better averages per catch than anybody on the Packers. This team, in terms of yards and moving the ball for the Cowboys, were absolutely on point. And it really came down to Prescott's three interceptions and, could have been even a fourth with Redman if it wasn't that penalty call. Right. But it, it really is one of those things where you could have at any point in time been a Cowboy fan going, why the heck aren't we running the ball more? At the same time yelling at the screen, sim, screen similar to what we were at the Eagles of, why aren't we just letting it go? They're, they're giving us the yards. I mean, this Cowboys team absolutely dissected us from a yard standpoint, ended up at 563 yards, Uh, like over 200 yards more than the Packers. Our numbers in terms of defensive ratings are going to be inflated beyond belief because of this game, and yet we still won. And it it comes down to – Fairly handily. Yes, and it it comes down to – This defense is a buckle up, sit tight. You are going to go for a ride every single game. Ignore the yards. Can they get the sacks at the right time? And can they get turnovers at the right time? Because if you just go by numbers of offense against, you are going to faint. This is not a great defense yet in terms of that, but it's just one of those that uh, I'm so happy we won, But if you start digging down, there is no reason the Cowboys should have been playing catch up the way they were. Yeah. When you say you're going to faint, Ryan, I just picture you as like the southern lady with the fan in church. Like, oh, Lord, we're giving up oh. pause.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think we've proven we're not the defense like a, like the Titans or the Bills or most of the time, like the Bears can offer where they're just going to be stingy all day long and they're holding you to three and outs. Uh, we're going to give up some yards, but uh, it looks like we're going to make plays. And looking past the picks, even one of the most exciting things that I watch when we're on defense is every time we're making a tackle, someone's going for the ball. Our secondary, I think, is best at this, even compared to our linebackers and our defensive line. Our secondary, for some reason, seems to be best at punching that ball on the first uh, attempt at the wrap up. And then the second guy's coming in and trying to just pull it out. And that's already proven dividends uh, at the first four five games of the year. And I think it's going to uh, show a lot more in turnovers for the remainder of the year.
1: Yeah, that's great coaching there. Uh, even when they get beat there, they are consistently trying to chase down and rip that ball out, punch it out. I mean, that, that is something that you're bound to get at least a couple fumbles a year on.
2: Right. And that's a great point, Josh. It, that's not anything that happens naturally. That's stuff you coach up and rep up in practice over and over again.
0: I will say, uh, It did feel like Alexander, that aggressiveness that we talked about, um, bit him in the behind a few times where Cooper kind (laughs) kind of did these double moves and Alexander was not prepared for it. That he bit on the fact that he was cutting off his route and it was not the case. And that will take time. And that's the part that I think I'm giddy about is we've had discussions about what this defense could be they gave up a boatload of yards but still were able to contend they they had possession time 13 minutes longer than the cowboys so thank you offense for holding the ball that long which we'll get to in a second but this defense as they mature and as they realize what coverage they need to be doing and how they need to be acting acting in terms of man versus man I'm very 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 excited about what the secondary could become that they're not 100% there and yet they're still doing the things that are at least pointing in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and we didn't bring up one name. Kevin King had another outstanding game. Uh I I think he was he even though he wasn't even supposed to play, uh he came up big uh, and in key moments.
2: And he's already firing back at Skip Bayless. So I love yeah. it. <laughs>
0: Thankfully, Skip Bayless wears a diaper 24-7 because I guarantee you that was full at halftime. So, let's talk about it. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers has never lost in Texas. That continues. 238 yards, zero touchdowns jones who we have talked about that he showed up early in the season with that nice 150 yards against the vikings 107 a lot of those were just hard rushes beautiful cutbacks four touchdown carries seven receptions for 75 yards what are we making out of this offense leaving dallas the
1: the thing that i'm taking away from the offense one he's getting better at play calling. It's still a lot of scripted, but he's getting better. We pass the ball to nine different players without Adams in. So, you know, that'd probably be 10 if he was in. So we're spreading the ball around. We're taking what the defense is giving us, you know, Rodgers is realizing, you know, Hey, if the home run, if the first read's not there, let's just drop, drop it off to Aaron Jones and let's see what he can do with it. And sure enough, you know, the, the catch average yardage is not, great and it doesn't like stand out at you. But people are making plays after after the catch and you know and Rodgers doesn't have to do much. You know, you can see today, you know, he's technically, you know, not not a star in this game, but we won with what he did. And that's that's what I love.
2: Yeah, he's he's playing secure football. I I fall short of throwing out the term game manager on him, but he's not turning the ball over. He knows we got a defense that's gonna keep us in the game. I was quite frankly – I can't wait to watch the film on the Packer run game because I'm I'm 99% sure some of these schemes were new. Just the the motion from the wide receivers, the quick handoffs that were also sometimes a direct snap to Aaron Jones, which – just quickly looking at the press conference, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers was laughing about because they were not planned to be direct snaps to Aaron Jones. Uh, but then there was also pulling from the linemen that just looked like a new concept to me. So I'd, I want to go back and look at that and maybe we can report back for Thursday's uh, podcast on what exactly that was, whether it was guard tackle polling or maybe a bit of a trap scheme. But I think it was new for the Cowboys, and it threw them off a little bit because I did not expect Aaron Jones to be able to do what he did today. I did expect this passing game to struggle, and our wide receivers were nowhere to be found. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because Aaron Jones just balled out. I mean, he, he tried to reverse field like Barry Sanders, and I'll fall short of calling him Barry Sanders. But this guy was juking two linebackers that we have some of the highest respect for. No, Josh Sean Lee's not included. Yeah, but he was, nope, uh, nope. He was <laughs> nope. juking them and making Vander Esch and Jalen Smith miss on the first go quite a bit. And he looked like a new guy today. I don't know what happened.
1: To go with the blocking, the blocking downfield of this game was also, they, they stepped up. Jimmy Graham, I good job. You had a couple key blocks on a couple of Aaron Jones High five. runs High five. into <laughs> the end zone. Uh, but you don't get those eight plus yard runs without key blocks downfield because the corners, the safeties, those are the guys that are normally t- making the tackles that far downfield. And if you can get a block and have Aaron Jones one on one with somebody, you see what he could do with that. Uh, so these guys need to continue to block downfield. Also,
0: you think there was Monroe- twice there was twice where I went, yeah, Billy Turner, which I was not <laughs> expecting to be Billy Turner. The block that got him that extra ten yards. One of them was a touchdown run, but. They did what they needed to do, and that was that.
2: You guys think Kumaro helps with that blocking game? I mean, it, I, he can't single-handedly change Aaron Jones' you know season output of rushing yards, but I th- he might be the best blocking wide receiver we have.
1: Yeah, he he was in on another one of uh, I think it was the 18-yarder uh, that Jones had. I think he was in on that one, uh, helping block. But yeah, good point. He he was in there, and he, they lined him up on the inside. Helping block and uh, cut the, the linebackers.
0: I will say, let's talk, I, Ryan. I, I don't know what to think about this wide receiver crew. Oh, let's talk I, about it.
1: I y- yes, please.
0: All right, here's the here's the optimistic view. Devont, to win this kind of game without Devontae Adams is ginormous, regardless of how it happened. We got to win without our best player on offense second geronimo could not catch a ball two catches six targets mvs had four targets only caught one kumaro two targets only caught one this team was single-handedly led by the backfield Trey Carsons, which I was a little surprised. I think we had, we had all kind of assumed that it was a blocking situation, which is why he wasn't in the background. Trey Carsons came in and still got four catches on four targets. So optimistic view is we won the game without Devontae. We also opened up, which I hope we carry in the rest of this season of including the running backs into the passing game. Our wide receivers. Earmuffs, must everybody are dog shit totally. they are not where they need to be Brian's you favorite cannot, word you cannot be <laughs> tell me like who this was if you had one game that you needed to be not even a number 1 receiver you need to be a number 2 receiver And they drop the ball literally. But if you need
2: to be a number two receiver, then you would be on a number two corner. So we did think MVS against the Wuzier was not going to be a successful day for MVS. Geronimo got open enough to be targeted six times. He's got a bit of a drop issue that's forming. I I won't disagree with that. Uh but yeah, Rogers getting the ball to the running backs to the tune of eleven catches. I think the key there some of them were screens. Some of them were dump offs, and I hope they don't go away from the screens once we get Devonte back, because mm-hmm. uh, that really slows down the pass rush and makes your linebackers think twice about defending the run game. When they, you know, if the fullback sneaks past them, it might be a screen pass for 20 yards. Uh, but Rodgers got the ball to the running backs early. He got it to him on time. A lot of times he uses it as a as an escape, as a last chance thing. And he gets it to him when the linebacker's already in their face mask. He got it to him where the linebacker was still five yards away, and Aaron Jones had a chance to juke and pick up five to six yards. So props to Rodgers for sort of following a game plan in that regard. And MVS,
1: you know, it, it was rough. We, we, I didn't think he'd have a great game because he was on a number one with a number one corner, but. There were, I think uh, there was for sure one time when he had him beat and Aaron Rodgers missed him deep he was he was wide open if Aaron Rodgers makes the throw it's a touchdown
2: you know, no. so are you talking about the one where there was pass rush from the left side and MBS was screaming to the left side of the field because he was open, but there was no way Rodgers was getting that throw. No,
1: off. no, no, no. The one they called pass interference on MBS oh, pass okay. interference on.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, too.
1: Yeah. So there were chances for him, but overall, not a great game. You know, definitely we need we need something. We need some help. I don't know if it's, you know, trade him for somebody, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders or <laughs> or whatever, but we definitely need some help for Aaron Rodgers.
2: I'm I'm rarely one to say go to the open market and see if you can trade for one of these guys in the last year of their contract to from a team that's not performing well, uh, but we just showed that if Devonte tweaks an ankle in the middle of a playoff game, we have no passing game. Uh, so all of a sudden, I'm on board with the Josh train of let's go get in Emmanuel Sanders. I you know I'm not keen on all the other wide receivers that might be available, Stefan Diggs, but you know you see a lot on the internet and some, you know, uh, quote unquote experts, we don't want to trade around a first round pick for a wide receiver. Well, when you're drafting a guy in the first round, you're hoping they turn out to be a Stefan Diggs or an Emmanuel Sanders. So if you can train up for a known quantity, when you're making a playoff run to me, that's worth it. Uh, And we just showed that we have that need. I mean, Ryan, did you expect any of our receivers to have a great game? I mean, it's easy in hindsight, right to say that they play poorly and we need a fix. but did you expect going in for any of them to to show up for a hundred yards?
0: Not necessarily a hundred yards, but I expected them to at least be that that side of the ball. i coming into it, I go, we're gonna it's gonna be a hard time running the ball. I think we all admitted that this between the linebacker group and everything like that, this is gonna be a hard time running the ball. So I would have expected if you looked at, at the receiver group, Jimmy Graham led it at three receptions with three targets for 41 yards. If you would have told me that the wide receiver group at best would be a very poor game by Geronimo for 28 yards, I would have gone, we're losing this game for sure. So I didn't expect necessarily a 100-yard breakout game, but I expected at least something where it went, running game's not working, we're getting the ball out. I, I, I think I'm completely on board that, I worry about getting that temporary Band-Aid for the receiving core. But now I'm kind of looking at this schedule and going, could the Packers make a run this year that, you know what, let's see if we can get some help. Maybe it is a Corey Davis. Maybe it is Emmanuel Sanders. What could we do? But I just, we have now given them five weeks. And other than an MVS going off that one game, outside of Devontae Adams, it has been quiet from a receiving core.
1: With that said, you know, I, I think we find uh, Lafleur has finally figured out that Aaron Jones is a receiving threat. And that's what I love about this game. And I hope that he takes out of this game is don't stop doing this. You know, have Jones do this and Devontae Adams do what he does. And guess what? We'll be near unstoppable. You know, so don't forget that Ooh, this man can
2: catch. So you're going with unstoppable. I'll just say that after three weeks, into the season we said the packers need to break that 30 point barrier and week four against the eagles we had 27 with a couple missed goal line opportunities this week we had 34 so we're we're north of the 30 point barrier we're averaging 30.5 with some goal line missed opportunities we're scoring points if it's running the ball so be it Yeah. Uh, but yeah obviously we we want a healthy Devontae. i was obviously terribly wrong with the over under not thinking it wouldn't get anywhere close to 48 so again send crow to my new rally address but i i don't think this offense is in dire shape they got a few things to figure out but it's week five and we're four and one
1: they're still figuring out their roles in this offense you you can clearly see people aren't in the right spot at times they're confused um, people are being asked to do new things a lot every week to week. Um, and you can tell even Rogers, every second half of every game he's been flustered and confused and you know he he gets upset with uh, Lafleur on the sideline because things are not going right. you know so and that needs to stop. That needs to stop in the second half because that's just where things could go wrong if you're not winning.
2: Let me just clarify you're not talking the Rogers getting upset, right? Just the miscommunication yeah it yeah, didn't no, yeah. look
0: good though yeah it, it yeah. didn't yeah there's every but once in a while i was at the bar with with cowboy fans i know they're a little bit quick trigger but they're also people that haven't dealt with this weekend and week out and two of them said is there something like i know that there's this like media no, rift between the two but no i don't that's know that's just
1: their relationship they're firing yeah. both of them are firing they both want to win
0: Don't go
2: ESPN on me and act like Rodgers can't get along with anyone. He's a terrible teammate. He was sitting there like high-fiving with Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Randall Cobb, all these guys on the sideline. The fact that he gets in a back and forth with his coach is nothing that Brady and Belichick don't do. But we talk about them being the greatest duo of all time and joined at the hip. It's it's the fiery in the midst of competition. You're going to disagree on some stuff. You're a competitor. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. So, I totally disregard all that. When I saw them talking to each other at the sideline, I started mocking it in the bar, being like the the Skip Bayless fake you know commentator, being like, "Oh, here they go, they're arguing with each other. Oh, they just disagreed about a play call, or someone ran on a wrong route, maybe, and Rodgers is saying we got to get that cleaned up. Uh, it will get cleaned up. I trust it. Pack are in great shape, four and one, baby."
0: Yeah, yep. and I think we as we look ahead, this could become very very interesting. The next two weeks. Detroit Lions at Lambeau, and then the Oakland Raiders at Lambeau. So it could be a situation that we start the season six and one. Oh, you said it out loud.
1: Obviously, (laughs) the second
0: the second chunk of the season is very much road heavy because we started the season so much at home. I don't think I would never say that the Packers are lucky to be four and one because I don't think you get lucky in the NFL to win consistently. I don't know. You could take the pessimistic way or you could take the optimistic way. Oh, I don't think your Kool Aid go, Ryan. Yeah, but but the, so you know what? The, the, there and they're still winning, and the defense are purely basing this fact on on certain aspects of the game. I do worry that we're going to have more games like the Philadelphia Eagles where we don't get what we think we should get and we lose yeah but, we- but this is one of those games i mean we are were, ri- we're riddled with
1: injuries our best wide receivers out our darnell savage goes out early our center goes out i mean things were going against us dallas was getting yards i mean yes we got the turnover lucky turnover at the first one um but things were going against us and yet we responded and we were up 17 to nothing at halftime when we shouldn't have been you know those. That's how you win in the later half of this season and into the
2: postseason. Here's what I say, Ryan. You said earlier that the Cowboys are most likely their division winners. I would say the Eagles. Yeah, after, me too. After, after what we've seen two weeks in a row, I think the Eagles end up being that division winner, and we may look back and say we lost a close game in which we made some bad mistakes and shot ourselves in the foot by a touchdown to the Eagles, and we destroyed the Cowboys. We let them back in it at the end, but. The general gist of that game was we had that in hand early. So I I think we played the better team last week.
1: Yeah, I think we see the Eagles again. I don't think we see the Cowboys again.
0: So here we go. Actually, that Detroit game is a Monday night game. So hello, East Coasters that have to stay up way past their bedtime. Currently, the Green Bay Packers are minus six for the game, which I, I think is probably where it should be. Lions are somehow sneaky good this year, Um, but we'll get deep dive into the preview, but it currently looks as though the Packers will be floating around that touchdown margin.
2: I like it. We struggle with their defense. They're very good man-to-man. They got three strong corners. But if we found a running game, maybe we can open some offense up. I, I don't expect Rodgers to throw for 303, though.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure to, what to think yet. I, <laughs> I think that I think the Lions are legit. I don't think their offense is legit, so I think it could be a lower scoring game. But I'll, I'll have to
0: reevaluate. Yeah,
2: anyway. I trust Stafford to turn it over a few
0: times. Yeah, but it's very interesting. We have we have losses from the Bears. We have Vikings pulling one out. I, I just. I think that this NSC North is a very good division especially from the defensive side and if we can take a win and go undefeated to at least start this first chunk ooh, baby we'll see what happens bro. Yeah
1: that's big that's big
0: So that will do it for this episode we will catch you Thursday morning to talk about those Lions Thanks everybody Go Pack Go